and this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. I am Tony Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and coming up in just a few moments, an elvish perspective on life with What Would Arwen Do? My Govanin. of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. Close your eyes for a moment. Now imagine you're away from it all. Beside a crystal clear mountain stream, the cool grass crunches underfoot. Take a deep breath and drink in the sound of water cascading over the stones as birds call out from above. A real paradise like this isn't easy to come by. But it does still exist. And with your help, places like this one can last forever. You see, the Nature Conservancy works locally with communities, businesses, and people like you to preserve the most precious natural places around the world. They protect the animals that live there, the plants that grow there, and even the water. That way, this beautiful place will be beautiful forever. And we'll make sure that closing your eyes will never be the only way to get there. I'm Paul Newman. Help the Nature Conservancy save the last great places. Visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org. That's nature.org. Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle-Earth Elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org.
and Michael Vanin and Suilade to all my elf friends and might I add Nyalya Ivinya Koronar Happy New Year in Elvish this last Sunday at 4:20 something with the dawning of the spring equinox equinox it was also the dawning of an Elvish New Year the elves always celebrated the new year with the beginning of spring. So to all of our friends, Nyalya Ivinya Koronar, Happy New Year and all the blessings of spring be upon you. In case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and some would say the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and this is What Would Arwen Do? On every other Tuesday, alternating weeks, 4 to 5 p.m., alternating with what uh, with Phenomenal Women, in which I am back here. But today and every two weeks, it's What Would Arwen Do? A Middle Earth Perspective on Life with me and my Hobbit co-host Milo Lumsdown. Greetings, dear friend. It's so good to be back in studio with you, Elf Princess. Oh, it's amazing. It's wonderful to have you back in in physical person, <laughs> not just uh, before I had to be talking, uh, speaking with you through the Pelintiri and seeing you from afar. But here you are back in the studio, and it's wonderful to have your sweet energy back here present. And it's so fabulous to be looking directly into your starlight, elfish <laughs> eyes as we do this wonderful program together. Well, our friends may be wondering, what in the world is this all about, this what show? What is it? What is this all about? <laughs> well... Uh, This is the show where we ask if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. But on this program, we ask, what would Arwen do? And you may be wondering... Well, who is Arwen? In J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology of Middle-earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community of people here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or in Elvish, Arda. And I believe that um, Arwen was an archetype of what is best and noblest in, uh, in humans, as in, in fact, in Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, a guide to Middle-earth, Colin Durias wrote, in his invented mythology of Middle-earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, dwarves, hobbits, and the like partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So the elves 
And many of the creatures of Middle Earth were archetypal. And I like to, I'd like to share some today um, from what I find to be probably the best um, description, definition of what an archetype is and, and why it's relevant. <clears throat> and this is what I discovered through The Lord of the Rings. This is uh, from a book by Deepak Chopra, The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire, in a chapter called Desires and Archetypes. And Deepak says, Deepak says, inside every human being, there is an overarching theme, a template for heroic living, a god or a goddess in embryo that yearns to be born. This is who we were meant to be, the self that we deny ourselves because most of us cannot see the field of limitless potential that is open to us. This is our best self, the egoless self, that bit of the universe acting through us for the good of all. People who live ordinary, mundane lives have not gotten in touch with the mythical being inside them. You can pave the path to enlightenment by understanding the plan written on your soul, by nurturing the relationships that give you context and meanings, and by enacting your mythical drama. Out of that is born love and compassion. Out of that comes fulfillment and completion. These mythical stories, these heroes and heroines within, are called archetypes. Archetypes are perennial themes that reside at the level of the collective universal soul. These themes are representations of our collective soul's yearnings, imagination, and deepest desires. These themes have existed forever. We see them in the writings of ancient cultures, in literature throughout the ages. Their shapes shift depending on where we are in history, but their core remains the same. These archetypes are enacted in modern-day movies, television soap operas, and tabloid newspapers. Any time a person or character is, quote, bigger than life, we are seeing the enactment of an archetype. These characters are usually presented as uncomplicated with purity of intent regardless of what that intent may be. Divine or diabolical, sacred or profane, the sinner or the saint, the adventurer, the sage, the seeker, the rescuer, the love object, the redeemer, all are exaggerated expressions of the conscious energy of the collective soul. Archetypes are born in the collective soul, but they are enacted by individual souls. Their mythical dramas play out daily in our physical world. And because of that, I believe that Arwen... Um, a great archetypal person in The Lord of the Rings, understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. So I believe, we believe, this elven quality exists in every person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. So, Milo, my friend, here we are. We have this show, and we have a privilege of being here at KCI in Irvine. And if people want to get in touch with us, how might they do that? Oh, there are so many ways. First of all, if you're willing or eager or desiring to ask a question or tell us anything, comments, questions, anything, suggestions, please be sure to use that newfangled computer device <laughs> and that thing called email. You can email askanelf at yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F. We'd like to say welcome to all of our, our friends and relatives, a special welcome uh, to the show to my 
lovely hobbit wife who is so dear and such a wonderful caretaker in these times of yes, trouble that have recently is. ended and my nieces and nephews who may be listening my friend chuck and really to all the folks out in internet land you live you're listening to us live here right now if you are on 88.9 fm at 4 p.m pacific daylight time however we are also available on iTunes. Just search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, and you'll see the podcast there for free download on iTunes. Or you can go directly to KUCITalk.org, and you'll see a listing there of all the podcasts here at the wonderful KUCI radio station, including What Would Arwen Do? And you can listen to us that way as well at the gym, in your automobile. <laughs> There are many wonderful Hopefully ways. Hopefully on your iPod, walking out in the starlight, getting fresh air and ocean breezes. Or on communing. your iPod <laughs> when you are in the beautiful bright sunlight of a shire right. day, tending the wonderful celery and carrots and taters. <laughs> taters. You hobbits and your taters. And um, yes, so it's we have... Uh, very grateful. I'm very grateful. We, I think we both have expressed our gratitude at having the privilege of being a part of the community here at KUCI, Orange County's alternative radio station. KUCI is where you will hear music that you will not hear on your radio, main radio Oh my airways. gosh, it's we true. We play only alternative radio. And one of the things that I love about KUCI and why I knew that if Arwen was going to be involved with radio and I said, Well what would Arwen do? Where where would Arwen be if she was wanting to be involved with radio? It would be at KUCI because we support and uh, do all we can to support local artists and to um, introduce you, the listeners, to music and to public affairs programming that you will not hear anywhere else. So there's lots of great, wonderful music out there that's not getting played on the major airwaves yet, but um, please check out our website at KUCI.org and check out some of our wonderful programming, everything from Zydeco to rap to reggae to blues, Classical, jazz, noise, noise, hip hop, wonderful stuff. Pixelated harmonies that's on every week just before this program. Amy uh, with Amy, pixelated harmony harmonies, music for happy people. <laughs> it's such a great introduction to our program. But there are so many great programs. And by the way, a program note: guess what's happening next Monday? Yes, on March the twenty eighth, a new schedule is published. Yes. So you can go to KUCI.org on the World Wide Web and click on schedule and you'll find the current schedule. Starting Monday morning early, Monday the twenty eighth, you'll see the new schedule should be published up there on the web. And in case you are interested, every quarter we have a training for DJs. That's how uh, we ended up here. And I am told that this coming quarter, the uh, training for becoming a DJ or public affairs show host will be open to the community. So information about that will be available on our website at KUCI.org. The training usually starts a couple of weeks into the new quarter. So if you ever thought you might be interested in checking out or becoming involved, in community or community radio, then or college radio, then you might want to check out the, our website and check out the training that starts. And you'll have a wonderful time at the training. You'll meet fabulous people that are already on staff, as well as new prospective DJs. Every single person I met when I was trained two years ago was a very interesting person. 
And, well, being part of KCI has been life-transforming for me, so I, I'm kind of one of the self-appointed uh, cheerleaders of KCI because it, it, is, it has been such a great blessing in my life. And, um, and I love the fact that uh, it's, it's just a place to grow in and that there's, there's so much support for doing that. So, again, if you're interested, please check out our website at KUCI.org. And just a big thank you to all of our fellow DA, DJs and public affairs hosts because over 100 people here, and they're all volunteers from the management down to the people that just, you know, that come in and spin music to the people that <clears throat> uh, come in and organize the library. We're all a bunch of uh, passionate people but all volunteers here so um so yay for us <laughs> but this week elf princess is a tremendous oh. week there was a big happening on sunday there's a big happening tomorrow uh, the 20th was a big day on the calendar yes. the 23rd was a big day on the calendar of this program friday is a big day on the tolkien calendar yes. and then i believe it's sunday is a super big day for you Sunday. So from Sunday to Sunday, (laughs) from Sunday to Sunday, this week has many special things. Where do we start? Well, it's been actually a special month. I I have to say that March is my favorite month of the year. Not just because my birthday is in that month, but I'm very grateful that my birthday is in March. Just because I like March so much, but because being an elf, I love spring. I love that time of the year when the birds are singing and the flowers are beginning to grow. And um, being so fortunate as to live here in uh, Elven, kind of an Elven home in Southern California in um I'm in Newport Beach, which is right next door to Irvine. And for us, the birds begin singing. And it's almost as though spring a lot of times begins in February. Because where I live, I live in a room that's upstairs in the tops of trees. And for over a month now, I've been enjoying the songbirds that have been playfully. And I look out my window and I see them chasing each other around. And the hummingbirds clicking and chasing each other. So It's so um, much fun. And it's so enjoyable to see my peach tree with its little peach blossoms yes. knowing the promise of the delicious fruit to come in a few months yes and spring is so special and the trees that have been barren for all winter they're starting to show their little leaves and there are many trees here in southern california i've noticed that have been in full gorgeous blossom and um being an elf who just loves them and doesn't necessarily remember or know all the names of them um i just am amazed at it seems like almost every day I drive down the street and there are different trees that are in full blossom. And it's, it's, it's I don't stunning. Know if the, the fruit, a lot of the fruit trees are, are not quite, um, there for spring, right? Like the peach trees and that type. Right. But, um, but there are some beautiful flowering trees that are just gorgeous. There was one tree across in my green belt that was just, I looked up one morning and it seemed like it just happened overnight. It was just all a blossom with these, it looked like snow all over it, but there was white blossoms. So, so it's very a wonderful. wonderful time. So, Having said that, um, today, what are we doing? We have, well, of course, because you and I, you as the movie buff, primarily, but me also a lover of movies, but me as a book buff, and you, but you also a lover of the books of, of J.R. Tolkien, we make a very good uh, collaborative, excited pair about both the written work and the movies, the movies through which I discovered the worlds of Middle-earth, and now, of course, we have... Um, the Hobbit movies coming up in just a couple of years, and oh you are gosh. always so good. Less than two years, the first one comes out. Less than two out. years, amazing. So, um, 
Yes, and actually, uh, just having said that, because with regards to the movies, my adventure of my personal life, my archetypal journey with the elves of Middle-earth, my personal journey, my discovery of the elves was on March 23rd, which tomorrow will be the anniversary of that, March 23rd, 2002. Now, the Nine years ago. The Fellowship of the Ring came out in December. Of 2001. I did not actually discover it and fall into the enchantment until the it was uh, right after the Oscars. Right after the Academy Awards. And I had a weekend that I was uh, kind of home alone at the time and decided, I thought, oh, that movie that I, um, and there's a backstory where I actually saw the movie at one point but didn't see it. Um because the person that I was with was very young and was terrified of the whole thing, so we didn't really get to see the movie and left. But I went back to see it because it had been nominated for these Oscars and fell into an enchantment and started my adventure of my life as an elf, which is now on its going into its ninth year, starting tomorrow. Amazing. <laughs> so we are very excited that The Hobbit now is going to be coming to the big silver screen and... Um, and I think it's always fun to follow the excitement of the developments about that along the way. Well, we won't spend a lot of time right now. Next year we'll be spending a lot more time, but it's certainly it's starting to promote excitement in the media. Foxtrot is a comic strip that's published by Bill Ammond, and one of the Sunday strips recently have the children in the bathroom saying, let's see, Dad's razor, Dad's shaving cream, Dad's deodorant. Ah, here we go. Dad's Rogaine. Hmm. No mention of feet in the instructions. And one of the kid's boyfriend says, Oh, shoot. I got some between my my toes. And then the oldest kid says, he's, he's holding his head like he's got a headache. Guys, even if the Hobbit movies do need extras, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so, you probably don't have to grow your grow feet, hair on your feet. <laughs> so the Hobbit movies are starting to have an impact mm-hmm. on the media. But as, as this coming weekend is your birthday, I want to give you uh, a first birthday gift of the good news that as of March 21st, principal photography has begun. That is, they are actually shooting with real 3D cameras, the real people on set in Wellington, New Zealand. Production has commenced. Ah, thank you, thank you. The two films with screenplays by Fran Walsh, Philippa Boyens, and Peter Jackson, who were the originals with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, also have work by Guillermo del Toro, who at one point was going to direct the films. They are going to be shot consecutively in digital 3D using the latest camera and stereoscopy technology. Mm. Film, filming to take place at Stone Street Studios in Wellington and on location around New Zealand. Uh, just a tremendous piece of news. Martin Freeman, as we've talked about before, will be Bilbo. Ian McKellen returns in the role of Gandalf the Grey. And then we have all the dwarves. And I was thinking about the dwarves, and I think that this film may be about, in some sense the working people. In other words, we're going to have a lot of dwarves. Dwarves, dwarves were hard-working hard people. Hard workers. Uh, produced by Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh and Carolyn Cunningham uh, for uh, New Line Cinema and MGM. 
And, you know, it's interesting, just a little bit of backstory about uh, what you were saying about the dwarves and being the working people. I was just reading the other day um, with regards to Gladriel, because Gladriel was Noldren. She came, and the Noldor were one of the, was one of the elvish races that actually were very friendly with the dwarves. A lot of the elves didn't want any dealings with the dwarves, but the Noldor did. In fact, it was... Um, when with the discovery of Mithril, that the Noldor came, um, you know, got more involved with the dwell, dwarves of Moria, and Celebrimbor, who is the one who made the Three Rings. Um, yeah, so we have we have this kind of elvish, and it's interesting that they are bringing Galadriel into the Hobbit, which we don't actually see her in the writings of J.R.R. Tolkien in that book, but of course all of Middle-earth would have existed during that time and all of the things that were going on. So it will be interesting even to see, perhaps maybe Peter Jackson might bring in some of that backstory of Galadriel, you know, as a Noldoran elf and the making of the rings in the wow. movie of The Hobbit. And I would imagine he would place that at the beginning. My because we have Elijah Wood, two, yes. you know, Frodo's going to be doing some... Yeah, so movie news, uh, I wanted to mention the casting update. Here are the confirmed things. So, Sharice Ronan is confirmed as Etril, a an elf that is in the script, but not in the original books. How mm-hmm. intriguing. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett back as Galadriel. Orlando Bloom back as Legolas. And, of course, we have cameos by Elijah Wood as Frodo and the great Ian Holm as old Bilbo. Oh, uh, I did not know is, that he'd been is, confirmed for is, that. Is, is there. We have many, many good news. I mean, there's still rumors. We don't know yet the voice of Smog. Rumored to be Leonard Nimoy, the great Star Trek mm. actor and other things. But And the, we still don't know who's cast as uh, Thranduil, right? The Elven King. Right. The rumor is David Tennant, who last year ended his multi-year run as the star of Doctor Who, the British science fiction fantasy television series. The one that Martin Freeman was in? Or oh, no, 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 no. Martin Freeman was not Martin Freeman was not in that. He was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a different science fiction movie. Mm. But David Tennant is the rumor for Thranduil. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And we have Brian Blessed, a great actor, rumored to be King Dane. Mm-hmm. So there's wonderful things. I wanted to mention also, uh, for those of you that want to follow Peter Jackson, he has started up a foot, a Facebook page. So if you go to theonering.net, you'll see on Torn, theonering.net, that there is a link to his Facebook page, and he has some new photographs there that I would recommend you you looking at. And for those who are interested, um, there are wonderful places out there, but you can kind of get lost in the maze of the internet sometimes looking yes. for things. And But I will mention there is the OneRing.net, Torn, affectionately called Torn, and also Torque, the OneRing.com, which are two very family-friendly and user-friendly websites. Uh, Torque, especially I know, um, has uh, moderators, and it is very specifically uh, user-friendly for uh, children and teenagers. So, And there's lots of movie news there. Um, there's a community of people, and as The Hobbit gets going even more, they have updates on things that are going on and quotes from Peter Jackson and quotes. Um, a lot of times on the homepage they have articles about um, you know Ian McKellen or Peter Jackson or something. So those are two really wonderful resources. 
resources for just staying up on what's going on. And, of course, we have many of our friends that listen in from Torque, uh, and uh, we want to say a very special hello to any of those um, uh, those of our community that might be listening in. To close out today's movie news, I did want to mention that Sir Ian McKellen maintains a wonderful blog on his website at www.mckellen.com. And he recently had two postings, one on March 8th that's just wonderful. And, and Sir Ian writes in his blog, I've seen Bilbo in three dimensions. I was visiting old friends in the Stone Street offices and heard Martin Freeman was just round the corner by the permanent green screen, done up as Bilbo, testing his costume in front of the 3D cameras. Indeed, there he was in the open air, most oblivious to the camera, though turning this way and that as required. He improvised a hobbity gait, paddling back and forth, testing his big, hairy hobbit feet, pointy ears, and little tum, tum, little <laughs> tummy. <laughs> Beneath the shade of a tent in a sun hat, Andrew Lesney, the great Academy Award-winning cinematographer, Andrew, Andrew Lesney was remotely controlling the two lenses within the mighty camera which digitally records in 3D. Oh, my gosh, just wonderful. You know- and... Sir Ian was able to look at the image in 3D given the mm. what he calls the spy glasses that transform the blurred outlines to high definition 3D, high definition 3D. And there was wow. something I found yesterday, which I will send you the link to. And I tried to pick, uh, print the picture out, but at the time I needed to change my printer cartridge. But it was a picture I found on the internet of. Um, Peter Jackson inside the Hobbit house. Yes, that picture is actually posted. That was yes. first posted on his Facebook page and then replicated now, like wildfire. You, when I saw it, I couldn't believe that was even Peter Jackson. He looked so thin. He looked like an elf. Remember in the in the Lord of the Rings movies, yes. he looked more like a hobbit? Yes. Well, now he looks more like an elf. I wonder if he'll go back to looking more like a hobbit as the Hobbit movies get going. Yes. Because I didn't even, I, I looked at it and I thought, is that really Peter Jackson? And it really was. He had he had gone on he had started to have a little bit of uh, health issue his blood pressure was rising and he decided to do something about it and he went on a strict regimen remains on the strict regimen and so he is now fit and I think that will affect the tone of the Hobbit to some degree we we shall see the final thing I want to say in notes from Imladris which is the blog of Sir Ian McKellen mm-hmm. is just a couple days ago he posted. Today, I was in various places which are all the same place. I was on Flatland, the Maori call Watataitai, until renamed in 1872 Miramar, which is nearby. I was in Stone Street Studios in the heart of a modern suburb. In fact, I was in an old paint factory, which I knew ten years back, as the main film studio for Lord of the Rings. And... There were Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, and Philippa Boyens inviting our comments on their script so far. Mm. This is as close to bliss as an actor can get, facing three Oscar-winning screenplay writers who genuinely want us actors to contribute. And there were piles of snacks. (laughs) Two of the cast have forsworn desserts during Lent. Not me, not yet. At lunch, I took seconds of the flourless chocolate cake and sour cream. <laughs> this is perfect little would, hobbit. This is what would Arwen do? This is what would Arwen do on KUCI FM Irvine? It, he's a man. He is a wizard after my own hobbit heart. <laughs> flourless chocolate cake. What a pleasure. Well, but he's going to be that. That was Martin Freeman that said that, right? No, these oh. are the quotes from 
Ian, oh, Ian Sir McKellen. Ian McKellen, oh, yes. Oh, yes, a wizard. Yes. Okay. I, for some reason, I, I got the yes. Well, I can see that. He is, um, and I'm so excited that he's going to be, I'm, I would have been so disappointed had there been anyone else. There, there just couldn't be someone else being Gandalf. The one interesting thing is, I see no mention yet on IMDb of Arwen. Now, we know that Arwen was just as much alive mm-hmm. as Galadriel or Thranduil or any of these she people. She was 8,000 right? years old by then. And my suspicion, elf friend, is that Peter Jackson is holding this in his back pocket as uh-huh. a surprise, that what the world premiere audience will have a surprise and they will see at least one scene with Arwen snuck in there just to be uh, something that no one knows anything about. Right. Oh, I will be so excited. Surprises are wonderful, Surprises Elf Princess. Surprises are wonderful. Um, so, with that, my goodness, look at where the time goes. And we have many things to discuss and birthday things to discuss. As uh, you mentioned, this is, um, of course, my birthday month. And I love, when I, one of the very first things that I discovered in my life as an elf was that, and of course through the movies, I loved the whole um, Bilbo's birthday party. But as I read, I discovered that hobbits love to give gifts on their birthday rather than giving. And I had been doing something similar to that for some time. I used to have a party where the friends of mine at my work, we would go on a picnic, and I always would have, they would have gifts for me, but I always have a little gift for them, and it was like this little tradition we would do. And I thought, oh my gosh, here I've been doing this, and I didn't even know that it was a Middle Earth tradition. And so... But it even confirmed to me even more how much I needed to continue to carry that out. And I love that tradition and just that elves love giving gifts for no reason. You know, we see all the gifts for no that, were, that were given uh, to the fellowship on, you know, in, when they left Lothlorien. But also when uh, Frodo and company... Um, came in contact in the books with Gildor and Glorian, they gave them this fabulous feast, and then the next morning the elves were gone, and they were getting ready to go on their way, and they discovered in their packs that the elves had filled their casks with this wonderful, refreshing drink. And so, you know, elves love to do, to love to give gifts. And it's the birthday month, so we have a couple of things. One thing we have is a giveaway for our listeners, and we have the... Um, from my favorite bookstore, the used bookstore in um, Newport Beach here, the we have a paperback copy of The Hobbit. So those people who've been, oh, you know, I read The Law Hobbit a long time ago when I was, maybe when I was in high school, and they've forgotten. Well, now with the movies coming out, they may want to refresh their memories. And here's a little pocket guide of The Hobbit that you can carry around in your back pocket. Wonderful. So we have that to give away to our listeners, and um, we're going to have some music here from Bilbo's birthday party. Wonderful. That uh, long, long expected party, as it's described in Lord of the Rings. And and we have a gift for the Hobbit. Oh my gosh, because Elf Princess! I will thank get to you. See you on my birthday. Oh my gosh! And there's a little story that goes along with this. So, oh my gosh, it's such beautiful that, paper. Well, I thought it looks kind of elvish. It's very rattly. <laughs> You've got it and, very close to the microphone I, there. I need to have it close to the microphone so that the listeners can share in my <laughs> joy at this beautiful present. Oh, my gosh. Well. It's Tolkien's World Bestiary. Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Thank sure, you. I'm pretty sure you don't have that one. Oh, my gosh. 
Well, this is written by David Day. And it ha- it's wonderful because it says here in the back, 11 of Europe's most exciting fantasy artists were brought together to illustrate this book, The Guide to Tolkien's World, A Bestiary. So this covers all of the uh, the ints, all of the, di- the eagles. Um, and look at these beautiful, beautiful pictures. Oh, my gosh. It's such a beautiful book. Isn't it wonderful? Full color drawings. There's beautiful. Here's a black and white drawing of mm-hmm. an ent. Oh my gosh! Yes, beautiful. And so, I, what I love too is that because it is so many different artists, it's wow. not just one artist's rendering of Middle Earth. I mean, it's amazing to think how many creative people um, have been inspired by the creative genius of J.R.R. Tolkien. And so, um, one thing that I discovered as I was uh, looking up, uh, going, I went today to David Day's website. And he actually is very much um, an environmental activist, and he has written a book of poetry. Um, so I'm going to be contacting him, and hopefully, wouldn't it be lovely for if we poetry could month. for Poetry Month next Excellent. month? April is Poetry Month, and he has a book of poetry called "The Animal with the Animals Within Us." Well, that'll be exciting. But of course, since it is going to be your birthday shortly, in your birthday month, I had to get you a gift. And actually, to tell you the truth, Elf Princess, I was looking at books and looking at books, and I said, well, I've already got you a book recently when it was Christmas time. Yes, my wonderful Lord of the Rings illustrated, beautifully illustrated. Illustrated by one of the people who did the set design. Alan Lee. Yes, Alan Lee. So I also got you a little little oh, Chris, little birthday card and a little birthday oh. gift. The <clears throat> listeners should know that every can I can I, you should can I read this it. is such a you I, should this read is it. such a perfect card. It says just think. Your birthday could cause a ripple effect of happiness that eventually leads to world peace. Now, that's a lovely thing for an elf to think about. And then it says, age locally, celebrate globally. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing. We, we have our that. show locally in the Fallas and the Shire of Southern California and Orange County here at KUCIFM Irvine. But we try to think globally. And in fact, we know we have listeners of this station in Europe and in the Far East in Canada. And thank you. This is a lovely little gift certificate of a place that I especially love to go for treats. And so my elvish heart will be very happy. And perhaps on my birthday, I'll have to stop by there and get one of my favorite, favorite early morning treats on my birthday. Well, we can mention the place as before every program, we like to meet there at Panera Bread. Yes. We have no financial interest. And of course, this is... This is public radio, so right. we can't advertise. But it's a, it's a wonderful place to meet. It's a warm, inviting environment, and they have wonderful baked goods and wonderful drinks. And so, and we're very appreciative of that they uh, provide a place where um, people can go and have a place to be. We don't have to like rent some place to go and have our meeting. We can go there, get, um, and you're always so kind. You all, and they're so wonderful because you know that I love the Asiago cheese bagels and they're so popular. Sometimes they run out by the afternoon, but you actually call them and reserve a bagel for me and they're so gracious and they always make sure that there's a bagel. You and Panera together make sure that I get my Asiago cheese bagels, which I have missed greatly the last, uh, 
two months. Two months that we have not been able to meet. Well, so. thank you for this book, Guide to Tolkien's World, a Bestiary by David Day, with well, numerous artists involved. Oh, my gosh, it's beautiful. Thank well, you, Elf Princess. Well, we're going to play a little bit of music, and then when we get back, I'm going to actually have you read just a little tiny bit from that book about oh, the Ents, good. which is wonderful. He has a wonderful thing about the Ents, because the Ents are, you know, because it's... it's because it is my birthday and because I love trees, I wanted to do like a little thing to do with celebration of trees because elves good. and elves love trees. So, but um, because in um, memory or in celebration of my anniversary, which will be tomorrow of my nine years now going, of my ad- adventure of my um, life as an elf, I wanted to play the uh, birthday song from Bilbo's birthday party from the ex- Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring extended recordings. Wonderful. Where Sam gets to dance with uh, Rosie. Excellent. Uh, the song which did not make it onto the original soundtrack, but it is in the extended, extended recordings. Extended recordings. And it is called Flaming Red Hair. This is What Would Arwen Do on KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live at KUCI.org. Welcome back, oh listeners and friends, that was wonderful. Flaming Red Hair from the Academy Award winning composer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Howard Shore. This is, by the way, What Would Arwen Do on KUCI Irvine, the voice of the University of California at Irvine. And because it's sort of my birthday show, today we're celebrating not only uh, because I believe that a person is too magnificent to celebrate just one day. So I think that all of us should have birthdays that last the entire month long. So we have a happy birthday month, not just a happy birthday day. And so I want to say happy birthday to everyone whose birthday is in March. Happy birthday month to all of you. And, of course, in um, in in Elvish, there's several ways of saying that. I will say it, Alasea Hosta. But there's also... Um, a version that I'm going to play for our friends that is sung in Elvish from um, his his screen name is Ondo Tombaro. He does uh, Happy New Year's in Elvish, but we're going to hear him singing Happy Birthday in Elvish. So here we go. Happy Birthday in Elvish. So all of you, especially those in March, listen up. Merianostarien, 
Wasn't that delightful? That's amazing. <laughs> and I've never heard that before. Yeah, the words are Meria Nostar Eyen. And it, it Could you give us it, a translation, it, yes, Elfrin? It, it li- the literal translation is festive birthday to you. Ah. You know, festive birthday to you, festive birthday friend, festive birthday to you. Wonderful. Isn't that isn't that delightful? So, happy birthday to all of our friends out there. And, and happy birthday to you, Elf friend. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um I wanted us to share uh, I love the ants and I wanted this book uh the the Tolkien's World of Bestiary has a lovely um uh, entry in there about the ants, but I wanted to mention something because I was just reading this this morning, and I was just so, just amazed at J.R.R. Tolkien and his his love of nature. And I think we see a lot of that um, in the chapter Treebeard uh, in the Lord of the Rings. And a lot of people don't realize the association of ants and elves. And I'm going to read a little bit here from the chapter in Treebeard. And this is where uh, Treebeard is talking to Merry and Pippin. And he's talking about himself. He says, We are tree herds, we old ants. Few enough of us are left now. Shepherd get like Sheep get like shepherd, and shepherds like sheep, it is said. But slowly, and neither have long in the world. It is quicker and closer with trees and ants, and they walk down the ages together. For ants are more like elves, less interested in themselves than men are, and better at getting inside other things. And yet again, ants are more like men, more changeable than elves are, and quicker at taking the color of the outside, you might say. Or better than both, for they are steadier and keep their minds on things longer. Some of my kin look just like trees now and need something great to rouse them, and they speak only in whispers. But some of my trees are limb-lithe, and many can talk to me. Elves began it, of course, waking trees up and teaching them to speak and learning their tree talk. They always wished to talk to everything the old elves did. And he goes on to say a little bit later that... um, uh, let's see. He says, I am, when it, where he's talking about being not on anyone's, he says, still I take more kindly to elves than to others. It was the elves that cured us of dumbness long ago, and that was a great gift that cannot be forgotten. So again, here we see the theme of gifts and of giving of gifts in Tolkien's work. And would, would you read a little bit about the ints there in the bestiary? The from, were just wonderful. Well, it's just wonderful. This is the book that the elf has just given to me in <laughs> honor of her birthday. The Guide to Tolkien's World, A Bestiary by David Day. And the entry for Ents says, During the War of the Ring, the strange forest giants called Ents came in battle against the orcs and men of Isengard. Half men, half trees, the Ents were fourteen feet tall, and the eldest had lived in Middle-earth for nine ages of stars and sun. Lord of the Ents was Fangorn, who in the common tongue was called Treebeard. He was huge and ancient, for he belonged to the tallest and strongest race born into the world. Like oak or beech was the huge rough-barked trunk of Treebeard, while his branch-like arms were smooth, and his seven-fingered hands were gnarled. Treebird's peculiar, almost necklace head was tall and thick as his trunk. His brown eyes were large and wise and seemed to glint with a greenite. He, his wild gray 
beard was like a thatch of twigs and moss. He was made of the fiber of trees, yet he moved swiftly on unbending legs with feet like living roots, swaying and stretching like long-legged wading bird. Elvish histories... That's again the Elvish elf mm-hmm. princess. Elvish histories tell how, when Varda, queen of the heavens, rekindled the stars and elves awoke, the Ents also awoke in the great forests of Arda. Mm. They came from the thoughts of Yavanna, queen of the earth, and were her shepherds of trees. Shepherds and guardians they proved to be, for if roused to anger, Entish wrath was terrible, and they could crush stone and steel with their hands alone. Justly they were feared, but they were also gentle and wise. They loved the trees and all the olvar and guarded them from evil. Wow. Mm. Wonderful. Yes. Well... At the time of their awakening, it continues, one couple more sentences. At the time of their awakening, Ents could not speak, but the elves taught them that art, and they loved it greatly. They delighted in learning many tongues, even the short chirping languages of men. <laughs> and that's because their language was so long. It, it says in the Lord of the Rings how their language was not learned by very many people. Even elves had a difficult time learning the language of the Ents, although the elves were a, the Ents were able to pick up other languages rather quickly. And I wanted to play a little uh, track from the professor reading from the Lord of the Rings himself. Uh, the Long List of the Ents. A wonderful section. Yes, and here is J.R.R. Tolkien from the J.R.R. Tolkien Audio Collection. An Ent said, Mary, what's that? And what do you call yourself? What's your real name? Oh, now, replied Tearbeard, oh, now, that would be telling. Not so hasty. But I am doing the asking. You're in my country. What are you, I wonder? I cannot place you. You do not seem to come in the old list that I learned when I was young. But that was long, long time ago. And they may have made new lists. Let me see, let me see, how did it go? Learn now the law of living creatures. First name the four, the three peoples. Eldest of all, the elf children. Dwarf the delver, darker his houses. Ent the earthborn, old as mountains, man the mortal, master of horses. Mm. <clears throat> Beaver the builder, buck the leaper, bear be hunter, boar the fighter, hound is hungry, hare is fearful. <clears throat> yes, eagle in eerie, ox in pasture, heart horn crowned, hawk is swiftest, swan the whitest, certain coldest. <clears throat> How'd you go? Room tum, room tum, room tum tum. It was a long list. But anyway, you do not seem to fit in anywhere. <laughs> That's just an amazing reading by Tolkien himself. And of course, we're coming up on Friday on the annual yes. Tolkien Reading Day, every March 25th. It's like Bloomsday for the James Joyce fans, but instead is a, an informal gathering of friends or family that enjoy Tolkien and has been celebrated since 2003. For more information, you can go to www.tolkiensociety.org and read all about the current Tolkien Reading Day and how it originated. They considered several dates, and Mm -hmm. it's fascinating to see how they settled on March 25th, partly because, as we know, March 25th is the date of renewal, the change from the Third Age to the Fourth. 
Yes. However, well, it does say that uh, because we do know that March 25th was the downfall of Sauron. Um, Which was another reason they picked that day. Yes, yes. And... Um, and it says that there are t- there are two obvious dates that could have been chosen, you know, January third, uh, Tolkien's birthday, or March uh, September twenty second. Um, it said, but however, both of those dates already have events happening on them, and so and then there's the Tolkien the birthday toast on Tolkien's birthday and Oxon Moot in the UK, which wouldn't it be wonderful if we could go to that sometime? And so then the next thought was to go equidistant between the two dates. And so that comes out about mid-May or <laughs> mid-November. So now here we have uh, Tolkien meeting days. And as um, you mentioned, uh, the Tolkien Society um, Dot org at their website. There's all kinds of information about that and how people might get involved uh, and find things that are going on locally or maybe just take some time out of the day and read something of uh, J.R. Tolkien's. There's, there's lots of lovely poetry um, perhaps to, oh get, my gosh, to yes. get ourselves inspired for National Poetry Month, which begins next month. Yes, if you look at the Tolkien Reader, available in many, many, many bookstores and of course in local libraries where you can borrow it for free the man in the moon stayed up too late princess me errantry my favorite there was a merry passenger a messenger a mariner he built a gilded gondola to wander in and had in her a load of yellow oranges and porridge for his provender he perfumed her with marjoram and cardamom and lavender that's just the first stanza of a just tremendous poetry. And there are many varieties of poetry in Lord of the Rings. So I urge oh, our listeners yes. to take a moment, relax a bit, preferably with friends and family, but if not, by yourself, and just read some Tolkien. It's wonderful. And we will be... Um kind of taking some forays into that realm ourselves with the National Poetry Month. Um, April every year. April every year. So we will be sharing some of the poet poetry of Middle Earth and related realms that people may not uh, have been too aware of or may have forgotten about and just how beautiful uh, those things are. And my goodness, look at what time it is already. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's already five till the hour. <laughs> and we have just... and. Uh, did we even give the phone number before in case someone wanted to call to uh, get the Hobbit? I don't think we gave the I phone number. We we'll be give giving phone that phone number lots and lots in a few weeks when our annual fun drive is that coming is up. Right, and um, you'll hear more information, a lot more information on our next program. And th- that is really just to put a little plug out there, uh, not. Um, so much as like an infomercial, but this is KCI. We are a college-based radio station. We are listener-supported, and we are all volunteers here. And even if you are not here, and especially if you listen through the Internet or through podcasts, and you just love what we're doing and you want to participate, you can participate by, you know, sending a donation. We would, we would Which would enjoy be wonderful, that. yes. And actually, you can go at any time because to KUCI.org. Believe me, we always need, like, equipment, <laughs> well, we keyboards, need, and... No, but I mean, you know, we... And, there's and those many things, things. Those things cost, you know, it yes. costs money to keep the station running, but we absolutely love being here, and we are so excited for everyone that just joins us uh, and comes and comes and plays along with us. In any case, let me not forget... Mm-hmm. to wish you a very, very happy birthday day. Oh. I know that you as an elf like to celebrate your whole month as a birthday, but <laughs> as you're coming up, actual physical birthday in the counting of men is 
this weekend. I wish you a very enjoyable time this weekend celebrating with your friends and count me as among them, even though by remote control. Well, thank you. And, you know, it's very... I, I have four days to do, and there's a part of me that, um, you know, we always love celebrating with our friends and spending time with our friends, and I'm, I am blessed to be someone on this planet that has some of the most amazing, amazing people in my life. But then there's also that part of us, we elves, that just love to withdraw and go and be alone in nature. So I'm kind of struggling with which avenue um, I'm going to go in. There's a part of me that hears the call of the beach and the call of the trees and the call of the starlight to just get away and be alone with the flowers and the new things that are blooming and talk to them. Which is good once in a while to take a break and... And yet, one of the things you've taught me over the the many months that we've been together, Elf Princess, is that it is very good to be involved with your local community. Go help people. Go do something with people. Sing with people. Dance with people. Create things with your hands with other human beings, other hobbits in my case, elves in your case, and wizards in the case of some of my friends, or even the trolls. The trolls were not all bad. I'm a friend with a troll who is not an all-bad character. <laughs> well, and the thing is that every one of us has such a unique, such such unique gifts and callings and things to contribute to the world. You know, so many of uh, who would be as rich a person if the only if they were if it was only themselves and they had had no interaction with other people. So. Even though we're all unique and wonderful, we're enriched by each other. We're, we we are mirrored by each other, and uh, community and um, and that's what this that's what this show is all about. Really, it's about uh, finding that creative impulse in us and and bringing it into the world because it enriches our life. It enriches the lives of those around us. And um, I mean, and we celebrate kind of in the context of Middle Earth how much uh, our lives have been enriched through Middle Earth. My life has been enriched because if it were not for Middle Earth, I probably would never have met you, dear Hobbit. That is that is the truth. It was, and actually, I must say, it was my Hobbit wife who prompted yes. me to get involved. She said, don't sit at home. You're retired. Don't sit at home. Get out and do things. And as a result of her prompting, I met you and the other wonderful people here at KUCI. Yeah, and all our lives are changed. And that is just about going to wrap it up for us. So we're going to have to play some music here. Let's see, what should we... Well, I will see you again in two weeks. We will be back with more What Would Arwen Do? And to uh, celebrate the beginning of Poetry Month, when we meet next, it will be April. Oh, my gosh. How the time does fly. So I do have to say, though, again, to our friends who are... uh, um, you know, Happy New Year, because we're starting, just started Sunday with a, a new year. Where's my, well, we won't do that because we're out of time. What we will do is play Into the West, uh, sung by our friend Colette, who, Wonderful. another Wonderful person version. that I met and have become deep friends with as a result of my association with Middle Earth and KUCI, because we do not play mainstream music here. We play only music that you will not hear on your major airwaves and collect Colette recorded this version of the Academy Award-winning music um, song, Into the West, uh, sung by Annie Lennox, and here is Colette. And so, until two weeks, my friend, it's been grand. My govanen, as you would say. Alin salalumin amintielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Namariye?